Welcome to our podcast for college Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick, and today we will look at three of the Beatitudes, actually three that are toward the end of the Beatitudes, because we have already spoken with Ben Erickson in the past two episodes about four of the Beatitudes, and I spoke in the past about Blessed are the pure of heart. So today we will have the three that are uh, left, and we will be speaking with a guest, Brother Daniel Heffernan. How are you doing, brother? Good, Father. Excited to be back on the show. Um, ready to talk about the Beatitudes. Yes, and uh, Brother Daniel was born in Michigan, in Ypsilanti, right? Ypsilanti? Yes. What year? 1987. 1987, and he lived in different places, even different countries during the year, during the years. He entered Medias Christi in 2010, around 2010, and uh, he did his final profession of vows here in Michigan, his perpetual vows, as a religious brother of Medias Christi on July 2nd, 2022. So he's been a perpetually professed brother for more than a year now. That's right. Right, and what, lately we have been at, uh, at a conference. What about the conference? What was it and what was it called? Yeah, so last weekend we had in Kindle, which is our annual young adult conference, uh, and the theme was the sacrament of love, so it was the Eucharist, um, now that we're in this uh, Eucharistic revival. Um, so it was great. We had um, five excellent speakers, um, lots of young people, really good atmosphere, um, really a, a prayerful time, a formative time, um, just a beautiful experience, uh, really good. Yeah, I was there too, and you were in charge of the choir, right? I was leading the choir for mass. That was yes, awesome. yes. It so was, they did polyphony, sacred yeah. music. So exactly. really good. All right. Well, uh, so we will be talking about the beatitudes. So I'm going to read them, and I'm going to tell our audience which is the one that we're skipping today because I already spoke about it. So the first beatitude we will talk about is "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy." Then comes, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's the one we're going to skip. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. So up to there, the gospel that is taken from the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. So as we mentioned in previous episodes, these Beatitudes are part of the Sermon of the Mount, which are in... Um, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of St. Matthew. And these actually, these Beatitudes are at the beginning of those chapters. And uh, in that Sermon of the Mount, we find several aspects, fundamental aspects, of the teachings of Christ. So they're like a restating of the law of God, but with greater perfection, with holiness as an ideal. So in a sense, we could say that the commandments give us the bottom line of which we have to do, or what we have to do to enter heaven. Well, the Beatitudes, these that we're going to be talking about, show us the ideal, the highest pattern 
the highest bar, we could say, a description of, of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, which will, of course, help us not only to enter heaven, but be true sons and daughters of God the Father. So we'll be talking, discussing, uh, first of all, the fifth beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So, brother, what's your take on this beatitude? Well, um, I think um, being merciful uh, is something that our Lord kind of highlights in the gospel. Um, there's that point in the gospel where he says, um, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. Right. And he's referring to um, those, those works of mercy, right? Uh, those corporal works of mercy. That's, that's from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the same Gospel, but chapter 25. Oh, right. Well, great. You're, you know your Bible better than I do, um, of course. But um, exactly, yeah. So at, at he's kind of, it's like he's doing a recap of what he's already preached. Yeah, what is the, interesting. On sorry, Sermon on the Mount, right? Correct. And what is, sorry to interrupt you, but what is interesting of that paragraph or that passage of the Gospel is that it's the final judgment, right? And right. in that final judgment, when the time comes to see whether you are on the right saved or on the left condemned uh, of Christ, he looks at the works we did, right? right. So right. these works of mercy that you mentioned. Right. Yeah, so I, I think um, he he puts mercy as kind of a, an important part of, of looking at those who are who need who need mercy in this case um as i mentioned those who are hungry those who are thirsty those who are naked um and giving them what they need those are the the corporal works of mercy of course there's also the spiritual works of mercy um admonishing the sinner uh counseling the doubtful and so on um but christ kind of highlights that as as like a requisite for entering heaven right uh as a, as part of our judgment he's going to see what have we done um to our neighbor right uh, and, and the second part of that is, uh, for they shall obtain mercy, right? So if we're merciful to others, then we're going to be, we're going to receive mercy, uh, ultimately from God, right? Um, in the same way that in the, our father, we, we ask for forgiveness as we forgive those who trespass against us. So if we forgive others, then we can be sure that God will forgive us, forgive us. Right. Um, I think there's, there's, and there's a lot to be said for, um, mercy and forgiveness, right? The, Sacrament of confession, where we're forgiven, is a sacrament of mercy um, in a great way. Right here in the um, Catechism, for those who want to look it up, number 2447, 2447, it says, The works of mercy are charitable actions by which we come to the aid of our neighbor in his spiritual and bodily necessities, instructing, advising, consoling, comforting our spiritual works of mercy as our forgiving and bearing wrongs patiently. The corporal works of mercy consist especially in feeding the hungry, sheltering the homeless, clothing the naked, visiting the sick and the imprisoned, and burying the dead. Among all these, Giving alms to the poor is one of the chief witnesses of fraternal charity. It is also a work of justice, ple pleasing to God. So up to there, the Catechism. 
Um, now, I, w- I had a thought about that um, that I want to share also. And that is, of course, the, these are works of mercy. Um, and mercy, the, the text in Latin say, says, Beati misericordes, right? So misericordia in Latin is comes from having a merciful heart. heart right. right, a heart that feels pity for the other person. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's not just a fact, the fact of doing an action that is important, right. but having a heart that mm-hmm. is able to put itself in the other person's difficulty or predicament, right? And try to see the world from that other person's point of view and feel compassion. Right. And then, yes, if possible, try to help in every way that one can. Right. And in, in some cases, it would be to very important to forgive an offense or to teach the truth or to guide, give guidance and counsel or suggestions or right. good inspiration. Right. right. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, at least the way they, these Beatitudes are translated in English, it's um, blessed are the merciful. So it's like a, it's like a constant um, attitude, right? A be attitude, you're, you're being uh, merciful um, and not necessarily blessed are those who, sh- who perform works of mercy, right? Like you said, it's like a, it's an attitude. It's a, it's a way of life. It's a disposition. Um, it's deeper than just the external action. Right, right. Which we might do, you know. Of course. Every so often, but if we have that constant, um, yeah, that constant um, disposition, I would say, virtue, right? Um, and what examples, do you have any example that could illustrate? I have a couple, but I'll first... See what you what you suggest. Yeah, I mean the um I would say the first person that comes to mind is is Mother Teresa, um Saint Teresa of Calcutta. Right. Um you know, I it's it'd be hard to find someone who showed more mercy um to those in need, right? And and not just um physical needs, but um she was such an inspiration to to everyone. Um and you know, and, and, and as the saints are, uh because of her virtues too, right? Um, and, and her words of wisdom, which were kind of like that, uh, those counsels or those, um, admonishing the sinner, you know, those things that, that are also spiritual works of mercy. Um, she just embodied that so well. Right. Right. I, uh, yes, about Mother Teresa's incredible, uh, how she was so concerned for the abandoned, Mm -hmm. right? Even, of course, to help them physically, but to be there with the abandoned, those who have been abandoned by society who are right. left out, right? And an example of uh, forgiveness in this sense, uh, mercifulness or mercy in, in the sense of forgiveness. Um, and this is something we forget because it happened so long ago. I was 11 years old. Um, on Wednesday, May 13th, 1981, so Our Lady of Fatima, May 13th, 31st? Yeah. Uh, May 13th. Um, John Paul II was, uh, they tried to assassinate him, right. to kill him. Right. So it was Meh- Mehmet Ali Akka, right? He shot at the Pope very from very close range three times, and he almost died, right? Yeah. Um, he was in a, in a procession in St. Peter's Square, and uh, he survived, right? Four gunshot wounds to his abdomen. Uh, so, and after the shooting... Uh, Pope John Paul II, while in the hospital, said, 
pray for my brother, whom I have sincerely forgiven. Mm. And then later, uh, two years later, Pope John Paul II uh, went to visit Aka, who was uh, in prison, right. of course. And he spoke with him. He, he greeted him. He even gave him a little gift. And he spoke with him 21 minutes. And, uh, of course, Akka was surprised yeah. at this, right? Um, he was sentenced to life in prison. And in 2000, in the year 2000, he was forgiven mm. at the request of the Pope. Wow. Right? And uh, later, while in prison, um, he converted to Christianity, right, by the example of the Holy Father. Then, well, mm. the story is longer. He was imprisoned in, in Turkey for other reasons, et cetera, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then another example that it's a literary example, so it's not a necessarily a real yeah, those, example. Those are great too. <laughs> but I remember it moved, it moved me a lot. Um, we watched, you may remember when we watched uh, Le Miserable. Yeah. Uh, there's a, the, the main character, Jean Valjean. I don't know if I said it rightly. No. Uh, Jean Valjean, who was a prisoner for many, many years. Finally, he was um, released. And he didn't have anywhere to go. He was not. He could not apply for a job because nobody would receive him. He mm -hmm. he he got worse and worse physically, and he was desperate. And he didn't have a place to stay. It was winter. He was hungry, and he was about to give up completely on his life. And uh, he he chanced to walk close to a door, and he hide like in the door in the shelter of the doorway. And from inside, a priest opened the door, so he received him. And they let him come into the house. Right, I think it was a bishop, actually. Right, yeah. so his uh, bishop, Muriel. Mm -hmm. Muriel. Um, so they received him, and um, they gave him food and place to stay, and he actually stayed several days. And then one day, he decided to leave, to escape, and steal, right, several very valuable objects. Right. So he escaped, and the priest was surprised to, or the bishop was surprised to not find him the following day. And then the police, some days later, arrived with the man that they had caught, right. right, stealing. So then they brought him to the bishop and said, look, here we got the man. Is this... Who took your stuff. Right. So how was that? Who took your stuff. Yeah, he, he took your stuff. Is, is this, are these your items? Mm -hmm. Is this the man who stole them? And he says, oh, you're back. You forgot part of the things that I have given you. Right. right. A couple of candlesticks right. or something. Right. So he gave him more things so that the... The police wouldn't think that he stole them, but that the priest gave those right. things to him, right? So that was very moving to Jean Valjean, and that brought about his conversion, mm -hmm. right? Seeing the mercy of this bishop who could have said, oh, thank you for catching him, right? Give right. me back my items. Instead of saying that, he not only forgave him immediately, mm. but tried to get him off a uh, bad predicament with the police right, right. to be released. No, he, he's not, he didn't steal anything. He didn't escape. He was right. just leaving and I gave him these things just to help him, right? And mm -hmm. bring him to forgiveness. Yeah, and then and then we, I mean, later in the story, we see how he he shows mercy, right? Um, later in life. So I, I think the, the beatitude here, I mean, it says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy, but it's also, um, it works vice versa too. So, um, you know, if uh, if we are merciful to others, then those people will also learn. You know, they can learn to be merciful to to other people as well. So it's like a it's like a chain reaction, right? Um, 
which is which is really neat too. Right. And how would you apply it for let's say people in the world today? Maybe we're not bishops, you know, we're not Jesus Christ, we're not the apostles, uh, we're not Mother Teresa. We wish we were. We we may we may not be at that level. In what simple ways can a college student or someone in his family apply these this principle of being merciful to those around them? Yeah, I mean, I would say, um, I think reaching people where they're at, um, understanding that we can't change everything, um, and we have to, um, yeah, be kind of be patient with those, um, you know, who may not uh, see things as we do, or um, uh, those those around us, our, our family, our, our coworkers, fellow students. Um, if we show them an attitude of mercy, right, where we're not judging them because, um, you know, they, they see things differently or, um, you know, if we show them, but instead of we show them patience and kindness and smiling, um, that can go a long way. And that's a, that's kind of a way of showing mercy, right? Um, forgiving those who, who injure us, um, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, someone who, who raises their voice at us or, um, you know, persecution. We get that more and more each day as Catholics, just living our faith. Um, it's hard. Uh, but forgiving those people, you know, for they know not what they do sometimes, as Christ said. Uh, those are ways, simple ways, you know, maybe we're not doing a lot, but it's our that attitude of forgiveness, of mercy. Um, right, right, right. One other way that I was thinking that sometimes happens is that when we're studying, Right, and I understand this is very easy to understand this uh, math problem or this history situation, and maybe there's one near me who's studying in my same group that doesn't understand, doesn't get it, or cannot reach that same level of comprehension. And well, to have the the charity to explain, right, and to help, to maybe give some tips of how to understand this situation, this problem, this uh, historical uh, event, and so forth. Uh, it it takes effort and mercy, even if it's a simple example, right? Um, and then sometimes a, a very simple way is to maybe give food to those who are in need, right? So right, to right. receive a college uh, a classmate or a roommate, give him some of my food, mm -hmm. or even if I see someone in the street and I have food, give them a sandwich or give them a granola bar. You yeah, know, it's, uh, sometimes it's so easy and we just you know we're just so comfortable. Um, Right, right, right. Very good. Well, let's look at the next um, beatitude, the one of the peacemakers. So um, the Lord says in the in the gospel, let me find it here. Um, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Um, what does that mean? Um, so peacemakers, um, I. I like to go to the example of Mother Teresa again. Uh, I mean, she said, well, actually she won the, um, the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, I want to say it was 1989 around there. Um, so even like the world recognized her as, uh, as an instrument of peace. Right. Um, and, and she said herself, the, um, it's a longer quote, but basically, uh, the fruit of love is service and the fruit of service is peace. And we see that in her life and in her missionaries, um, the sisters, you know, their love for the poorest of the poor 
translated into service, right? They were taking care of their needs. Um, and that brings peace, right? Um, because they're, they're dealing with, um, with poverty, uh, and loneliness and all those things that, that cause, um, a disorder in the world, right? Uh, as a result, which are a result of sin ultimately, right? Um, but I think Maria Teresa is, a, is also in this, um, she's a, a peacemaker. Um, and I think, and we could probably say that with most of the saints that we, we don't just see one beatitude. It's like they live several and if, and, and all of them, right. in one way or another. Um, but that's what comes to mind for me. Right, right, right. Um, and also, uh, peacemakers, um, it means a peacemaker, this is a translation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it says, uh, so those, it would mean those who foster peace. Mm -hmm. And that peace is uh, twofold, right? First, my interior peace, right? and then peace with God and with others, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, in order to obtain true peace among men and true interior peace, there has to be first peace with God. Right. And therefore, uh, the, the, for example, the sacrament of confession has to do with peace. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Trying to live according to the law of God also brings interior peace. And uh, therefore, the peace among men is based on a true loving relationship with God. So yeah. we can be peacemakers, but we have to seek the peace with God first, right? right. So uh, to avoid anything that harms our relationship with God, to foster through prayer our relationship with God, mm -hmm. to, to seek in Christ, right, uh, that interior peace, because without God, there cannot be true peace among men. Right. So here I have a quote from the, from the Catechism, Number 2305, 2305. Earthly peace is the, Im is the image and fruit of the peace of Christ, the, me the messianic prince of peace, Christ. Right? By the blood of his cross and his own person, he killed the hostility. He reconciled men with God and made his church the sacrament of unity of the human race and of its union with God. He, Christ, is our peace. And he has declared Blessed are the peacemakers. So I think that um, this uh, there's great examples of the saints, right? Many, yeah. um, all of them, in some way, mm -hmm. try to bring peace, uh, peace among uh, opposing factions. Saint Catherine of Siena comes to mind when she there were all these people that were attacking each other in, in the towns. Once, in one occasion, she stood in front of the people that were coming to attack mm -hmm. uh, a particular building. I think it was Saint Peter's. I'm not sure. Uh, and she stood in front of them and said, "Why are you doing this? Right? So we shouldn't be we shouldn't be fighting each other." Um, so peacemakers, the saints are great uh, peacemakers. Um, so I think it's it's also something we can do, right? And that's what I, I encourage uh, all people to do within our family. Many many times yeah. there's situations in which uh, siblings or cousins or parents or parents with children, children with parents. Uh, and so forth, there's misunderstandings, there's animosity, right. there's uh, almost like feuds, right? Like long-lasting uh, animosity. And that's where we can try to forgive. First of all, it's, very, it's radically important to learn to forgive because then you can encourage others to forgive. And that's where peace 
comes from, right? right. Uh, and above all, to try to be more united to Christ. Yeah. In that union with God, uh, we will get a little bit that interior peace that will bring more peace to the world. Right, and he's he's kind of the the model, right? Like you said, the Prince of Peace. Um, and it's interesting, he, as far as I know, um, kind of the first time that he, uh, or, or where he more strongly emphasizes peace, uh, when he says, um, peace be with you to the apostles, it's after the resurrection. Um, like that peace only comes after the cross, right? Um, so it doesn't mean that um, peace is always going to be something easy, right? There's like a there's Not a struggle, all. right? There's yes. a struggle beforehand. Uh, the most violent thing that ever happened was you know men killing God. And there's always uh, we have to die to ourselves too, right? Right? To yeah, like him, exactly, exactly. So okay, so one example where the college students or anyone who's listening can promote peace is by avoiding gossip. Because gossip or detraction or backbiting typically brings problems, right? He said that you said that you were not here when you could have been here, and I said that this, but he told me that you had said, and then we, and both the one who promotes it is uh, acting against a spirit of peace, but also those who believe it. Right, because if someone comes to me and says, "Oh, did you know that Peter said this of you?" Okay, so here's that's hearsay in a court of law. That doesn't go. It doesn't work. It, right. It's not not a reason. It's not a good argumentation. So, in the same way, we could say, "Well, if he has something to say to me, he can say it himself." Right? Uh, I'm listening to you, but I don't want to believe what you have to say about the, what the other person might have said about me. Right? Mm -hmm. So all this gossip situation typically brings anger, animosity, uh, restlessness, and unforgiveness. So to cut that short is something very doable, something very real, and something very concrete. And that's what I would encourage everyone to do. Um, okay, so let's go to the next one. This is more, it's more powerful, uh, a little bit more maybe complicated to explain. I don't know. Let's see, Brother Daniel, uh, what, what, what do you interpret of this uh, text? Uh, so Matthew 5, verses 10 and 11. Blessed are those who are persecuted for, the righte for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. And I think here what I think it's uh, hard to explain, and uh, let's see how what we can think or reflect on this, is to say that you have to rejoice and be glad when you're persecuted. Right. Yeah, and I think this is where where the Beatitudes are. You get this kind of the the wow moment, like whoa. Apparently, Jesus Jesus is 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 saying something really countercultural, counter you know everything um, goes against our nature, saying. Blessed are you. In other words, happy are you. Um, rejoice and be glad, right? Uh, it's a total right, paradox. Right. Um, and this is what, what makes the gospel so, so different, so um, something that the world doesn't understand. Um, but if we look at the, the lives of the saints, again, um, the martyrs especially, uh, who were persecuted to the point of death, right? 
Um, and a lot of times we see that they were joyful. Like some, some of them are singing before they die. Mm-hmm. Um, this incredible strength that, that came from their virtue, from the, from the, from grace, you know, Christ like, was strengthening them, but. Like the martyrs of Campian, you remember? Right, yeah. Can you explain yeah. a little bit that, that case? Right. So these, uh, Carmelite, um, sisters, um, during the French revolution, um, that's, yeah, basically. it's a play, right? So the play is based on based, a true right, story. Based on a true story, yeah. Um, but what we know, what I know, what I've seen is the play. The play, right? But I, th- I think, I think this uh, is it's accurate. The part that that uh, we're gonna, about to say is actually accurate. Like before their martyrdom, the guillotine, um, right? The guillotine, right? They they're up there on the scaffold, and uh, they all start singing um, the Veni Creator, right? The that hymn to the Holy Spirit. Uh, joyfully, right, and 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 as each one is beheaded, um, literally, um, the song keeps keeps on going until the last one, you know, finishes it. And uh, but there's just this joy um, in in martyrdom and giving their lives for Christ, right, and being persecuted absolutely for righteousness, um, and, and as so many other uh, martyrs who've done that, right, right. The, the another case that comes to mind is the life, the letters of Saint Ignatius of Antioch. Right. So uh, Saint Ignatius of Antioch is a, a bishop uh, from Antioch uh, from the uh, second, first and second century, and he was imprisoned by the Romans mm-hmm. and sent for some reason he was sent to Rome to be uh, devoured by the beasts by yeah. the animals, and on the way he wrote letters to different churches and one of them he he writes to the churches to the people in Rome asking them not to intercede for him so as, so that he will still be martyred, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a martyr for Christ and he didn't want them to stop that, right? So, so I mean, it's hard. Of course, it's, it's gonna, he, he's, he's still afraid of the animals, but he's desirous to live, to die for Christ and be truly alive in a sense, right? To be true wheat of Christ, he says. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's the, the example of Saint Lawrence, um, the deacon who, at his martyrdom, he's he's known for being, um, kind of, barbecued alive, right? He's on this grill, um, and he tells his executioner to turn me over. I'm done on this side, right? So he's even got the, a sort of sense of humor. Um, why? Because it's he's he's rejoicing that he's about to go to heaven. So he's he's like lighthearted, um, which is unfathomable, um, if we if we don't understand how how grace works and how. Christ strengthens us in those moments of persecution. Um, right, so a couple of things that I would like to reflect or highlight on this uh, beatitude. First of all, is that we shouldn't be seeking out persecution yeah. uh, imprudently, right? Mm-hmm. To do imprudent things or uh, wrong wrong things right. to be persecuted, right? Yeah, even if it is for Christ, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we shouldn't be imprudent. We should try to from our perspective, try to avoid causing the persecution, right. right? However, on the other hand, is at the same time, it's a it's a sign of those who are uh, devoted to Christ. So mm-hmm. we should not be surprised or scandalized to see good people being persecuted because that's what Christ already prophesied and right. foresaw, right? Yeah. That those who try to live a good life and holy life will be persecuted. Like very uh, clear example, the life of Padre Pio, he was actually condemned and persecuted, right? Um, for being a virtuous priest, yeah. right? Uh, so 
we shouldn't be surprised when a priest is, uh, or when a priest, when a person is uh, persecuted or misunderstood, uh, because that is part of what will happen or might happen at least if we try to live the gospel uh, in in all its fullness, right? But at the same time, another element is that this strength that the saints had, this joy that they had in persecutions is a gift of God, yeah. right? It's not yeah. something that we we can foresee, oh, oh I'm going to be persecuted and, I'm, and I will be happy. Right. No, no, we are all human beings and we're all afraid of persecution, yeah. naturally. We're afraid of suffering. We're afraid of misunderstanding. We're afraid of being left alone. But God will give us the strength. Mm-hmm. God will give us the grace if we are faithful to him to be strong, to be joyful, to be faithful to yeah. Christ. So we don't... I would say we shouldn't be worried about trying to obtain that happiness in the midst of persecution yeah. because Christ will give us that when the time comes. We have to be faithful to Christ and entrust ourselves all the time to him. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, to not be surprised, right? Not look for it, not look for persecution, but not be surprised when it comes because sooner or later, in one form or another, we're going to experience some form of persecution if we are faithful to, uh, to our faith, uh, to Christ, um, if we're living out our faith. Um. Yeah, for sure. Right, and it doesn't mean that we're all going to be martyrs. Right? No, right, not necessarily. Each one according to his capacities. God yeah. will grant some people the martyrdom, martyrdom, death by killing. Yeah. Uh, in other cases, it will be uh, uh, social persecution, mm-hmm. right, being left aside. Like how many people, because of their Catholic faith, don't get a job in some places or yeah. don't get yeah. promoted, right, right. to high, right. higher places, or they don't get to be with a, with the cool kids, right? Because right. because they're not because they're Catholic, right? So each one according, but we have to be. We shouldn't be surprised that those things happen mm-hmm. because it is not against one that is the persecution. It's against Christ, yeah. right? As he said in the Gospel of Saint John, right? If they per, if they hated me, they will hate you also, right? right. In the Gospel and the and the Last Supper, right? The world has hated will hate you because it has hated me first, yeah. Good, very good. Well, any other final thoughts about all this? Well, I think um, just kind of reiterating, because basically Christ reiterates in this last beatitude, um, you know, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, Nick. And then later on he says, blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you. He's like repeating the same thing. He's like emphasizing this um, as kind of the apex, right, uh, of the beatitudes. Like before you leave this earth, uh, don't forget, you're going to be, persecuted that's part of following me right um and i think and i think um and he says because your reward will be great in heaven well and and all the beatitudes point to that right um from the beginning blessed are the poor in spirit for there's the kingdom of heaven the whole the whole idea is um we're going to be happy because we're we're reaching our end we're helping our we're aiming towards that end which is heaven right having our eyes fixed on heaven um and, and that's what, again, gave such joy to the martyrs um, and those who were persecuted is that they had their eyes fixed on heaven and, and ultimately being uh, with Christ forever in heaven. Um, so it's like a, it's like a map for, uh, for holiness, right? And, right. Uh, and, and suffering is going to be part of it, right? The cross. You can't, mm-hmm. can't be a saint without the cross. Um, right. And, and also I think it, uh, all the Beatitudes altogether, if you look at them as a, as a group, right, mm-hmm. in, a, in conjunction one with the others, 
you see that Christ is encouraging us not to have a worldly point of view, a right. worldly spirit, to not judge things from a purely temporal things, mm -hmm. uh, from a purely temporary temporal perspective, right? We shouldn't look at what am I getting from the gospel? What am I getting from Christ? What am I, how much money will I make? Right. Am I going to get a better job? Am I going to get better friends, better mm -hmm. lifestyle in this world? Yeah. No, Christ reminds us it's not about this world. Oh, although this world is important, yeah. it's not about this world. It's about heaven and eternal happiness there in heaven mm -hmm. and union with God both in this earth and in the next. So that is the purpose of all our faith. And, and the Beatitudes remind us that is the goal that we have to have in mind. That has to be our point of view. That has to be our parameter and not what the world tells us is the parameter, right? right. All right, very good. Well, thank you very much for, for all your insights. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me, Father. Yeah, we hope to have you many, many more times. Sounds <laughs> <Again>. good. <laughs> Very good, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, if you, I hope you enjoyed this episode and the previous ones on the Beatitudes. We will be moving along in the section of the commandments or the, the moral life, the moral section of the catechism. What is uh, conscience? What is uh, grace? What is the law? And then the commandments. So make sure to follow us um, in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any platform that you use and share this episode with your friends. Um, I hope to see you next time. May God bless your day. <laughs>